takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today for this episode and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show. The NHL canceling all games now through the Christmas break. That means that Thursday's originally scheduled game against the Washington Capitals will also be postponed, and we'll talk more about that, what it means for the Islanders, for the NHL, and for a lot of other factors uh, a little bit later on in the show. We also have a, an email question from a listener about the Islanders' strategies in overtimes and shootouts, and we'll take a look at an Islanders player who really needs to start getting going because he is indeed a top six forward who has struggled pretty much all season long. I know there's a few guys who fit that description, but we're talking about one player today in particular. If you have something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email the show, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. Always great to talk to fans. So please uh, follow along, interact, talk about what's going on. It is always uh, a lot of fun to talk Islanders hockey with you all. Let's get down to business right now. Uh, As I said, recording this on Monday evening, The NHL announced that it would suspend play starting Wednesday until after the Christmas break because of the latest COVID outbreak. The Omicron variant spreading very, very quickly and a lot of positive uh, tests from players causing problems right now. So, you know, up until now, 39 games have been postponed over the last seven games. The plan as of right now, and it does change, but teams will not even be able to return to their facilities until December 26th. Now, the league also made an announcement that they will make a decision in the coming days, quote-unquote, regarding player participation at the Olympics. Now, the deadline is de- is January 10th to opt out of the Olympics without financial penalties. That's for the players, NHL players, 
participating, but as of right now, uh, league sources have said to ESPN that it is highly unlikely that NHL players will be going to the Olympics. Now, let's talk about how this affects the Islanders a little bit, and then we'll get to our email. Obviously, when you got players in the COVID protocol, whether it's Matthew Barzal, uh, you know, or some of the other players, Matt Martin, these guys will have a little more time now to get healthy, and it is likely that they will miss fewer games. And it gives, again, players who are injured and out, like uh, Ryan Pulak, less games that he's going to miss. So those are the benefits of the situation. But there are also drawbacks for the Islanders. But you know what? Every NHL team is now going to go several days, maybe a week, without playing in a, in a game. And, you know, unfortunately, the way things are this year, you got to roll with the punches and nothing is guaranteed. So we'll see what happens. Now, our listener email, part of it does deal with the Olympics and part of it deals with overtime and shootout strategy. So, uh, first of all, our email is from Ken from Minnesota. He says, hey, Gil, I have to admit to being frustrated watching the Vegas game the other night or the other day as to why Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zizekas aren't used in overtime and in shootouts. Cal has had a hot hand lately and has a good history on breakaways, as does Casey. They're both used on the penalty kill, so they're obviously defensively responsible players. To have had Josh Bailey out there, who is really struggling as of late, was very puzzling. On a different note, have you heard anything on what the IOC has planned if the NHL players decide not to go to the Olympics, as seems to be more and more possible with the new COVID outbreak, will we see hockey at these games at all? Well, Ken, first of all, thank you for your email. Ken from Minnesota. I'm going to start at the Olympic question now, because we did talk about that uh, earlier. The plan, as of my understanding, and nothing is etched in stone, is that yes, If the NHL doesn't send their players to the Olympics, the United States, Canada, and a number of other countries who have a lot of NHL players there will send alternative players, whether they are college players, senior, you know, level players, or some other group of of substitutes. The plan is to have hockey at the Winter Olympics if indeed the Winter Olympics are even able to be held at all. But again... That could change depending on how this Omicron variant and the spread of it continues. And so we really don't know at the end of the day. I will keep you posted as soon as I hear something official. But as of right now, the plan is still for NHL players to officially go, although that is looking less and less likely. And if they don't go, then the countries will have a few weeks in order to figure out other rosters. But obviously, the tournament will not be as high profile as it would be under other circumstances. Now, as for Sezikis and Clutterbuck and their status during uh, shootouts and overtime, the reason you don't see a lot of Sezikis and Clutterbuck during overtime, and what you said is true, they are responsible defensively, they're smart on the ice, but here's the deal. 
overtime is three on three. That means there is a lot of open ice. And Sezikis and Clutterbuck, let's just say they're not among the fastest players on the Islanders. And you could probably play one of them during overtime, but because there's so much open ice, they could become a defensive liability, not because they don't know where to go, uh, and not that they're not positionally sound, but because they wouldn't be able to keep up and slow down the opposing players that they're facing. You know, in overtime, teams tend to play their fastest skaters, their most dangerous offensive players, and if Sezikis and Clutterbuck can't keep up with them with all that open ice, that creates problems. Maybe you could put one of them out. I don't think you could put both of them out at the same time. In shootouts, it's a similar thing uh, in that the shootout is you know, minimum of three rounds unless one team is hopelessly ahead. You want to have your three most dangerous shooters out there. And it's not that Sezikis and Clutterbuck aren't good breakaway players. And if they're hot, like Clutterbuck has been lately, he had the two-goal game the other night, um, you might include one of them in your top three. But if he's healthy, Matthew Barzal, most likely a better pick. Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, uh, Noah Dobson, uh, these guys usually would get the nod ahead of Sezikis and Clutterbuck just because they are more skilled offensive players and they would probably maximize your chances to score. So it is possible you see them, but it's more likely you see those guys if it goes four, five, or six rounds or more in a shootout when the depth that you have starts to come into play a little bit more. We've got more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll talk about an Islanders top six forward who really has to get going if this team is going to start competing and putting together some wins. We also have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more, more to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Boost Mobile. Always good to hear from our friends at Boost. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you could listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for $30 a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you could do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Gallery A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions reply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. So there's an Islanders player right now who is slumping big time. And we're going to talk about him a little bit today. I am referring right now to Kyle Palmieri. And... Palmieri really has not scored a goal since November 16th. 
That is more than a month. Yeah, he missed a few games during that time, but he hasn't scored since November 16th down in Florida, and that was the last game of the Islanders' road trip back on November 16th. And his last point was an assist in the very first home game at the UBS Arena. That was on November 20th. Since then, Kyle Palmieri has played in nine games, has no goals, no assists, has taken a lot of penalty minutes, and in all of those games, he has not been a plus one in any of them. In fact, the last game that he was a plus one was the win against Winnipeg on November 6th. For the season right now, Palmieri has really just sort of dropped off the table. And you think, here is a guy who has been a top six forward almost all year, has played in 25 games, is earning, he has a cap hit of $5 million a year. 25 games, one goal, six assists, minus 11, 30 seven penalty minutes. Average ice time over 16 minutes, 18 seconds per game. 16, 18 per game on ice, 25 games, one goal. That is a three, maybe four goal pace and about a 23, 24 point pace. That's not going to get it done. And it's hard not to like Kyle Palmieri. Long Island native from Smithtown. Uh, Likeable guy. Does put in the work. But I'll tell you right now. You cannot be a top six forward on a team that struggles to score goals and have this kind of a record. And, you know, we talked last year about Palmieri struggling during his regular season Uh, play with the Islanders after the trade deadline. He was in 17 games, had two goals and four points. His goal scoring is behind that pace. His assists are slightly ahead. And he already has, right now, in 25 games, more penalty minutes than the... He had 20 last year in 51 games split between New Jersey and the Islanders. He has 37 in 25 games so far this year. Keep in mind, his career high in the NHL for penalty minutes, 46, set back in 2016-2017. So, Palmieri, the problem with his play, the reason that he's taking a lot of penalty minutes, he just doesn't seem to be in the right place at the right time. He's a step slow and that causes him to grab, to reach out with the stick, with, you know, holding, slashing, uh, hooking, all of those typical penalties that you take when you're out of position and you're beaten and you need to catch up. So it's, you know, 25 games, minus 11 in the plus minus, uh, that's not going to get it done. And e- even shots on goal, 57 shots on goal, not terrible, but one goal and 57 shots, 
One goal in 57 shots. That is his shooting percentage of 1.8. His career shooting percentage is 12.1. He has got to do better than he's done. And look, Palmieri has played on the top line. He has played on the second line at times and the third line. But, you know, if you're playing with Matt Barzal and Anders Lee, or you're playing with J.G. Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom, or, you know, Brock Nelson or Josh Bailey, these are guys who you should be able, it's not like you're playing with guys who don't know how to pass the puck to you, who don't know how to finish if you set them up. We need more from Kyle Palmieri. We're paying Kyle Palmieri, the Islanders are, $5 million a year. That essentially replaces the loss of Jordan Eberle, but Palmieri right now not producing anywhere near where Jordan Eberle is out in Seattle, and Palmieri is surrounded by more offensive talent right now than Eberle is. So, the Islanders really, truly need Kyle Palmieri to step up and start to play hockey the way we know he's capable of. He is only 30 years old. He'll be 31 February 1st. It is not like you could sit there and say, yeah, he's washed up. He may not be the player he was five years ago when he was in his prime, but he should be still able to contribute at a higher level than he is. And again, with the season slowly slipping away, the Islanders need Palmieri to start producing, let's even say a point every other game for the next 10 games. He doesn't have to get red hot, but he's got to get hot enough to be a steady contributor. And right now, he is not getting that job done. And it's something the Islanders need because you know what? You get Palmieri going, Anders Lee's stats go up, Matt Barzal's stats go up. Whoever is on a line with him will benefit from Palmieri's increased production, but it has to happen, and it has to happen soon, because right now, it looks like the decision to retain Palmieri and make Eberle available in the expansion draft doesn't look like that is working out so well. Now, it's only been 25 games, but got to do better than one goal, seven points, minus 11, and 37 penalty minutes in those 25 contests. So hopefully Kyle Palomari can turn it around. Islander fans clearly pulling for him, and we'll see what it is he is able to do in the next part of the season, basically when teams resume play next week. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more still to come. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, promo code Locked On, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money to bet on site at betonline.ag because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so check out BetOnline, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Yesterday, Monday, was the 51st birthday of former Islanders center Travis Green. Green, drafted originally by the Islanders in the second round, 23rd overall back in 1989. Now, today, 23rd overall pick would be a first-round pick. So, yeah, there there is that. Travis Green uh, joined the Islanders after uh, a successful junior career in Spokane and Medicine Hat, in the 92-93 season and stayed with the team through the 97-98 campaign when he was traded to Anaheim, later played for the Coyotes, Maple Leafs, Bruins, back to the Ducks and back to the Maple Leafs before finishing up his professional career in 2007-2008 in Switzerland. After that, he did go on to coach, coached the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Basically, up until recently when he was let go and replaced by Bruce Boudreaux. So, Travis Green, you know, had some success coaching. Originally, uh, coaching Vancouver got them to the third round of the playoffs back in 2020. In his NHL career, Travis Green with, uh, you know, a lot of games. Almost 1,000, 970 193 goals, 455 points. You could add 56 playoff games, 10 goals, 21 points in those. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander. December 23rd, 1995, so basically 26 years ago this week, at the Nassau Coliseum, Islanders hosting the Washington Capitals. Ole Kolzig, the goalie for the Caps, Tommy Soderstrom, in between the pipes for the Islanders, who were wearing their fisherman jerseys at that point. No scoring in the first period, but in the second period, Derek King gets the Islanders the lead. His seventh from Marty McGinnis and Pat Flatley. Time of that goal, just 36 seconds into the period, Isles up by a goal. It didn't last all that long, with Brett Severin off for tripping, Pat Peak tied it for the Caps, his seventh from Michael Pavanka and Peter Bondra at 423. But late in the second period, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Travis Green gets his 10th of the year. Ziggy Palfi and Milan Tishi get the assist at 1819. 2-1 Islanders after two. In the third, the Islanders' power play goes back to work. Pavanka off for holding. And Travis Green, our Islanders' birthday of the day, scores his second of the game, 11th of the year. Matthew Schneider and Wendell Clark with the assists at 9:26. That 
was all she wrote. The Islanders skate away with a 3-1 win, 21 saves for Tommy Soderstrom to earn the victory for Travis Green, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Two goals, a plus one, four shots on goal, which was tops on the team, and he did have the game-winning goal. So a nice, productive game right there for Travis Green. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, Monday was his 51st birthday. This break, I think, is probably a good thing for the New York Islanders right now. This team still trying to get back on track, trying to regroup. They're going to be home now, the players, until after the, the holiday. And, you know, you take it one day at a time with covid Over the last almost two years now, so much uncertainty. I know we've all been dealing with in our lives, and I guess hockey players are no exception. Hopefully, they will be able to get back and finish this season and keep everybody safe. And we will always keep you up to date right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast on all the latest NHL news and notes, especially as it pertains to your New York Islanders. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Tomorrow, we will have our weekly farm report, plus the latest news concerning the Olympics, the COVID shutdown, and everything else happening about your New York Islanders. Until then, stay safe. Have a great day, everybody. And of course, let's go Islanders.